0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the
1: Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. On today's show, from the University of Arkansas, Athletic Director Hunter Juracek will join the show. Talk to him about all the excitement right now when it comes to Sam Pittman and the Arkansas football team already exceeding some of those early expectations in Fayetteville. They got a big game going to College Station this weekend to take on Texas A&M. Also, we will talk all things SEC football with Spencer Hall, longtime college football writer, analyst, and host. You know him now as part of the weekly panel on Thinking Out Loud on the SEC Network, so we'll catch up with him, and we'll also hear from some of the SEC coaches some highlights from the weekly SEC teleconference. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're here for you five days a week. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it is available each and every day. All right, let's start things off. Let's hear from some of the SEC coaches speaking with the media yesterday.
0: SEC coaches.
1: And we start things off with Ed Ogeron, who gave an update on who will start at quarterback this Saturday on the road at Auburn. Looking forward to going to Auburn. A very good football team. This has always been a battle. Uh, Miles Brennan has not practiced yet this week. I don't believe that he's going to play, but things could change towards the end of the week. And uh, right now we're going as TJ as our first team quarterback, and Max will be our second. Last time LSU had a freshman quarterback make his first start on the road, it, it did not go well. It was in fact in the same spot at Auburn. In 2014, Brandon Harris got the start for LSU, and he was not very good at all. Might be different this time around. T.J. Finley looked very poised and uh, very accurate this past week in his first career start against South Carolina. We'll see how he does on the road at Auburn. Over at Arkansas, coach Sam Pittman talked about the annual neutral site game versus Arkansas, typically played in Jerry's World in Dallas. But this year, the game moving to College Station, turning into a home game for Texas A&M. Here's Sam Pittman. We'd obviously rather play in a
0: neutral site if if, if we could, but uh, we're looking forward to going down there, and and uh, uh, next year playing at Dallas Stadium, we'll look forward to playing in there too, so uh, there's not a whole lot that I as a head coach can do about that, and we are going to go play them there and then play them in Dallas next year and we're excited about both venues
1: over at florida dan mullen talking with the media he was asked how his team has handled having two weeks off all the covet tests and finally getting back at it this week in practice ahead of their game versus mizzou how the team look i thought
0: we've we've looked better we we're better yesterday than we were the day before you know and and he, he, when you just haven't played and you haven't even practiced in two weeks it's, it's not exactly you know we got a treat it coming back like from a buy within our schedule but when you haven't even you haven't done anything in two weeks i think it's it's a little bit slower start than than what a regular buy would be but what we expected but I, but i was pleased to see us we were better yesterday than we were the day before and hopefully we're a little sharper even today
1: I heard Cole Kublik talking this week saying he is most intrigued by that game between Florida and Mizzou. He said, I just don't know how Florida's going to look. He said, you know, some reports that a lot of their offensive linemen were the ones out with coronavirus these last couple weeks. And, you know, it takes a lot of time to get your strength back and get out back out there and be durable. Cole said he would have some major concerns if he's a Florida fan just from the standpoint of how's your team going to look being out of action for all this time over at Mississippi State they're just hoping to have enough guys to fill the football team Mike Leach seeing several guys leave the Mississippi State program this week starting with stud running back Kylan Hill who opted out to prepare for the NFL draft now three more players on the move Tyrell Shavers Jamari Stewart and Trey Lawson
0: Uh, whether guys are looking for a better opportunity or whether you know, uh, guys abide by the rules, you know, that type of thing. But they, you know, you just deal with it as it comes. But they're into another chapter in their life, and uh, so are we. So we're, uh, we wish them the best. But, uh, you know, we're really concerned with the guys who are uh, in the program that we're coaching. So
1: a little bit of cleaning house there for Mike Leach. Look, he's going to try to get his guys in there, guys who are buying into what he's selling. But, man, it is going to be a transition year, and you just have to wonder, will Mississippi State win another game the rest of the year? More importantly, this weekend, will they get blown out by 40 or 50 by Alabama, the way things have been going? And lastly, Lane Kiffin, talking with the media, said he was frustrated that he got fined the $25,000 from the SEC and didn't even get a chance to make a disparaging comment to earn the fine. He received the fine over a retweet on Twitter that was critical of the SEC officiating. That's when Kiffin teased on social media he would pay the fine in pennies. Kiffin asked about the penny bit. I did say to him when he said he was fining me, I said, well, that's not,
0: you know, real exciting that I didn't even get to say anything you know, or make a joke. So I just got fined for a retweet. That's not really worth it. So, so someone had sent me
1: the penny thing I thought was kind of funny. So um, maybe that makes it Makes it makes the find more worth it, I guess. So it makes some people laugh. A $25,000 joke. Hopefully it was worth it for Lane Kiffin. And those are some of your SEC coaches this week. Just a few other tidbits around the conference over in Kentucky. They are most likely going to start former Auburn quarterback Joey Gatewood this week against Georgia as Terry Wilson dealing with an injury to his throwing hand. So a big opportunity here for the former four-star quarterback in Gatewood. Also, over over at College Station, Texas A&M is going to expand their capacity for Friday night's Midnight Yell practice at Kyle Field. They allow 2,000 students before the Florida game this Friday. They will up that to 3,500 students they will allow to attend the in-person Midnight Yell practice. Under normal conditions, Midnight Yell usually has more than 20,000, 25,000 people there. So Texas A&M slowly ramping it up, doing what they can to Keep everybody stay, safe, but also try to get back to some bit of normalcy. Coming up next, we're going to talk all things SEC football with Spencer Hall from Thinking Out Loud on the SEC Network. Get his thoughts on the state of the SEC, and a little bit later, our conversation with Arkansas Athletic Director Hunter Eurocheck. You don't want to miss either of those. We are oh so close to the weekend and oh so close to a time where I will be sitting on my couch with a nice cold Coors Light in my hand, a lot of things can be therapeutic: getting a massage, sitting on the beach, listening to Locked On SEC podcast. But nothing is more therapeutic to me than watching college football on a Saturday and enjoying enjoying a delicious Coors Light Mountain Cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold, lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, and is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. No time better to do that than sitting on the couch on a Saturday watching college football. So if you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill, and now you can get Coors Light in their new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Don't even need to leave the house. Get Coors Light brought right to your door. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, with yet another hurricane coming across the Gulf South this week on top of cold fronts and everything else, You need to be safe in your car driving in adverse conditions, and there's only one place you need to go to get anything you need for your ride, and that is rockauto.com. Just this week, out driving around, it starts raining, I flip on my wipers, here comes that annoying squeaking sound every time the wipers go across. Time to replace them. Now I could have drove across town to the big chain store, wasted half my day searching for new wiper blades. Instead, as soon as I got home, pulled out the phone, went to rockauto.com. Ordered the wipers made specifically for my car. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. Remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com always reliably low. I spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts for your car and make sure you're right locked on in their how did you hear about us box. So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's RockAuto.com. Rolling along here in the Locked On SEC Podcast, and really excited to uh, talk all things SEC football with this guy. a Guy who's been covering college football a long time. Now co-host on uh, Thinking Out Loud on the SEC Network, co-host of the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, founder of the website formerly known as Every Day Should Be Saturday, and of course, known supporter of Lululemon menswear, Spencer Hall joins us now. Spencer, what's up, man? Actually,
0: I, I bought some. I bought some new Lululemon shorts
1: today. Like <laughs> <laughs> not a
0: lie. But I, I went and got some. They're having a sale. I got got a pair of sweatpants too. It's like the first new clothes I bought this
2: year. because
0: If you haven't done. If you haven't done quarantine right, then uh, you're not completely wearing athleisure. And I'm totally—it's uh, been a 100% athleisure month so far.
1: I, I mean, in these times of of COVID and sitting at home and doing Zoom calls, it really doesn't matter what you wear from the waist down, right? You just gotta look good up top. I mean, eventually,
0: from the waist up, you know, as long as everything's covered, I think everyone's good at this <laughs> point. The standards, the bar. Low as it is for the sports writer or podcaster, has only gotten lower. So um, we're subterranean at this point. Lululemon's basically formal gear.
1: Yeah, I mean the endorsements coming, so just keep saying their name. They're they're gonna it's gonna be Spencer Hall for Lululemon very soon. Uh, I got to admit to you, I missed. I've been loving the new Thinking Out Loud. I've been watching every week. I DVR'd this week, but I missed this week's episode. So earlier this morning, I went back to ESPN on the on-demand app and we may need to talk to Mr. SEC Network about this because, Spencer, I had to scroll down so far past Feinbaum, SEC Now, and then I had to scroll past every weekly press conference, and somewhere right after the Vanderbilt weekly press conference, there was Thinking Out Loud on Demand. So we need to get them to bump you guys up. You guys should definitely be ahead of the weekly Vanderbilt, uh, weekly press conferences. I mean,
0: I agree. <laughs> I, think, I, think,
1: <laughs> I think we should be first because...
0: You should know what you're talking about <laughs> after you come out of the weekend. But I'm 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 all too happy to go ahead and lobby. We should at least be. If, it should at least be alphabetical order, right? We should be ahead of the. We should be ahead of the Vandy. <laughs> you know,
1: I, there is there is no way more people are clicking on the Vandy press conference than is clicking on Thinking Out Loud. I'll just say that. You know, I hope that's true. <laughs> I, for sure. I know
0: that knew that my immediate family, the fun thing about doing that show are the people who are very excited to see you on television. There are some people who consume you only on the internet. There's some people who consume you only on a podcast. And then there are people who only watch TV. And that's, you know, for everyone listening to this, that's a difficult thing to remember. You assume everyone's using everything all the time, and that's not true. Some people are just TV watchers, and the people who are... Just TV watchers are like my that my brother-in-law's uh, I have an in-law's dad or cousin or something who was like, "Hey man, it's a big deal." Everyone at everyone at like you know our little public muni golf course like was like, "Hey, I know somebody famous." You're like, <laughs> "Well, hey," I'm like now I'm like half famous at the public golf course out in social circle, Georgia, and I have nice. to say that's my favorite kind of half famous is when somebody. <laughs> Is when somebody's like, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm at the QT right now, and this guy doesn't believe me that he knows somebody on the
1: SEC network. (laughs) You're like, well, put him on the phone, man. (laughs) (laughs) That might get you a a free cocktail next time you're in those parts at that golf course. So that's kind of a big deal there, uh, talking with uh, Spencer Hall. Uh, I want to jump into some SEC talk uh, with you, man. Uh, Look, I loved Lane Kiffin's reaction this past week to the aftermath of Yet another call that went Auburn's way. Uh, this is what we wanted in Lane Kiffin, right in the SEC. This is what we expected. Bringing him into the conference, going after the SEC refs, and then just being uh, speaking his mind on Twitter. This is what we. This is what we wanted.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what we wanted, and that's what he can supply right now because can't really give us a competitive football team yet. That's not happening. Oldness is exciting. They're very interesting. They're Very unpredictable. They are also uh, in one on the season. So they're not quite there in terms of performance on the field. So, yeah, this is what you got to do. you got to make noise. This is something Lane talked about before because that was a big deal at Tennessee that he was going to come there and was going to say interesting things, was going to rock the boat a little bit. And, you know, he was going to talk a little bit of mess. He was going to put it on people if he had to (laughs) um, in lieu of actually winning things because initially – both at Tennessee and now at Old Miss, there's a lot of work to do from that point. And I think, by the way, like given what I've seen out of Ole Miss, they're they're going to be better. Like I'm not going to say that they're a whole lot better, but they're definitely going to be better, especially with the way that he's recruiting so far.
1: Oh yeah, they're they're definitely going to play spoiler at some point this season. They're going to beat LSU. They're going to beat somebody they're not supposed to, and really, uh, really hurt that that other team. Uh, speaking of LSU, I'm an LSU graduate. Uh, Spencer, we went over a decade with crappy quarterback play. Is LSU now a quarterback factory? Well, that depends on who you're making them for. <laughs>
0: because I will tell you, as somebody who's had a team that had many talented quarterbacks and then watched them go other places, uh, Georgia is currently going through this. Like, a lot of talent at quarterback tends to produce talented quarterbacks playing for other teams. And that is right now, yeah, you've got two guys who could do the job. And that usually doesn't last. And LSU might be overdue, but they probably should learn how to space out their quarterback talent a little better. <laughs> that would be good, because uh, when you have a glut of quarterbacks, they tend to transfer elsewhere, and then uh, it becomes a running gag. I think it'd be the kind of, that's, that's a problem of luxury, too, right? That's a problem of, of affluence. When you go, ah, oh, I'll take those problems. As in, Oh, I had to watch.
1: I recruited too many four and five star quarterbacks, and one of them went somewhere else. Oh well. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great point. You, you, you really if, if you if you have uh, the wealth of talent, you got to be prepared for them going elsewhere. But then be happy for them when they go elsewhere. Although I'm sure Bulldog fans are kicking themselves watching Justin Fields at Ohio State. Speaking of that, Georgia and Kirby, they say they're sticking with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Do you think they should at least? Make it an open competition. Let J.T. Daniels get in there. Give Dewan Mathis another shot. I think it still is an open
0: competition. I just don't think anybody's taken. I don't think one that J.T. Daniels is medically prepared to compete for the job uh, yet. He's he's been you know he came into camp and was injured, and I don't think he's quite there yet. Dewan Mathis showed in one half of work against Arkansas that he wasn't quite there either in terms of on-the-field performance or composure. And when they get like, that's Georgia. You could be smart talk this week about playing our brand of football. Translation for me that they're going to go with the very predictable quantity at quarterback and run the ball more. (laughs) That's probably what they should do given their personnel because strength of the offensive line, particularly the left side of that offensive line, they are mean, they are big, they are nasty, and I don't really see any reason for them to get away from that. One of the bad things that happened in the Alabama game in particular was getting away from the run and not really holding the ball and – giving the defense a rest against Alabama's attacking receiver core. And I think that's what they're going to get back to. So I think the competition is still very much on, uh, but Steph Bennett would have to do a lot to screw it up for this year.
1: Yeah, run the ball and lean on the defense. That's a very 2003 approach to SEC football for Georgia. But, hey, when your defense is as good, maybe you can can do that. Maybe you can be very effective in doing that. Florida Gators, a team you're very familiar with, been off the field for a couple weeks. Their homecoming game this week with the Mizzou Tigers, who have now won two in a row, by the way, beating LSU and Kentucky. How nervous should Gator fans be this week? I think they should be worried. They should be prepared because they haven't had anything
0: like consistent defense this year. They're going to be facing a Mizzou team that clearly likes to take advantage of over pursuit and baiting people into falling for trick plays, Mizzou calls a significant number of. You know, there's got to be a better. We need a better name than trick play or gadget play, right? <laughs> I, I think may, maybe tendency breakers, maybe disruptors. We'll call them disruptors. Disruptors. Okay? Yeah. That's like a very. That's a very 2010s 2020s word. We'll use it. <laughs> but, you know, Eli what's called a lot of disruptors just to sort of shake up defense. And then get back to doing the basics, which they do real well, thanks to having an excellent running back and Larry Roundtree. The third, who can make Connor Bazelak look a lot better with play action and the actual threat of running the ball to balance out the pass. So, Mazoo um, is a is a composed team. They're not going to get real rattled. They're going to play pretty – they're going to play real together ball. And by being a sewed-up, you know, somewhat disciplined team, right – who, you know, they'll make mistakes, but on the whole, Mizzou doesn't really flinch. They don't really shake a whole lot. And when you face one of those teams, then you just have to keep producing, and you have to know that you're going to give up one or two stupid plays. Like, I'm sure Florida's going in, they're just like, listen, they're going to get one on us. They're going to call some sort of halfback <laughs> pass thing that, you know, hey, we'll just fall for hook, line, and sinker. Don't let the inside zone kill you. Don't let the standard plays kill you. You know, give up one or two of those and score a lot of points and take care of the simple stuff, and I think Florida, could, you know, should be okay. But hey, bad things have happened to Florida when Mizzou comes to town, so it's it's well worth it's well worth a certain amount of alarm for Florida fans.
1: <laughs> Some of these new coaches are being disruptors, like Eli Drinkwitz winning games are not supposed to. Sam Pittman at Arkansas, Mike Leach, we thought was going to be that after Week One when they looked like world beaters. I'm an idiot. I had KJ Costello on my Heisman watch list Week One, but. Uh, meltdown in Starkville a little bit. Mike Leach, uh, watching guys jump off the pirate ship, sh- so to speak. Is it time to hit the panic button if you're a Bulldogs fan?
0: No, because this was this was on schedule. Everywhere Leach has <laughs> been, you know, year one has been a process of of installing his system and doing things the way he does them. And it, at previous stops, that meant that losing players, it really did. It meant players transferring because they, they don't like the way well, one, you'll lose running backs, i.e. I, Kylan Hill, because the, you're just not going to get the kind of carries that a Kylan Hill is going to want. He's also proved everything he needs to prove in terms of demonstrating prospects to be a professional football player. He should have gone. Probably should have just opted out before the season. Uh, gave it a go, and decided that four the game wasn't exactly going to be his thing. Respect to him for doing that. And it's cool that this year he had the chance to do that. Other players are leaving because I don't think they like the discipline. I don't think they like the manner. I don't think they like. I don't think they like the way. Leech for all of his reputation as a Maverick is you know somewhat of a disciplinarian and definitely a my way or the highway kind of person and losing talent is going to be part of the first year making that up on the back end with recruiting. That's the part that I think he faces a unique challenge in, in the sec because it's not like he's going up against PAC 12 or big 12 teams uh, to get talent in. He's in the belly of the beast. You know, he is in the middle of the dirty South where he he's competing for all of the same prospects that you expect. Alabama, Auburn and not just those top tier teams, right? But mid tier teams like um, Old Miss and now Arkansas, right? If you don't think Arkansas's like recruiting presence is going to be heightened and more aggressive with Sam Pittman there, then you need to relearn who Sam Pittman is because <laughs> Arkansas will be making a push. And it's not just that. It's a very long answer, but I think it's a good one because it'll lay out how difficult this is and how what a different challenge it's going to be on the back end for Legion Company and Starkville is this. You're recruiting against teams like Memphis. you're recruiting against teams like even Troy. you're recruiting against the smaller tier teams that really do a good job scouting the kind of um, slightly unconventional or off-size you know three-star and two-star talent that becomes four-star and three-star talent on the field. That's what we're talking about in terms of, of a challenge in Starkfield that I'm not sure. And this is not me saying you can't do it, but I'm not real sure whether Mike Leach uh, understands quite what a challenge that's going to be in the year 2020.
1: All right, last thing for you, Spencer. Uh, gun to your head. Well, I don't even – can you say gun to your head anymore? Is that PC? I guess you got to use a different terminology. Um, if you had to pick one, if somebody was going to upset somebody in the SEC this week, who, who would you pick? I would – if I was going <sighs> to
0: upsets. I you know, ride them. A- Really hot hand, you know, why not Arkansas? Why not Arkansas yeah. upsetting Texas A&M? I mean, Texas A&M really hasn't shown the ability to pull away from anybody. They really haven't. Florida was a shootout that ended up on one turnover. That was the the margin of error for Texas A&M, A&M in that game. They were within one score of Vanderbilt and I think it was a 17-12 win that was deeply unimpressive for both teams. <laughs> they they haven't really had the ability to just drop the hammer and pull away. And if one thing has been proven by Arkansas this year, they're fine playing a close game. Yeah. They love close games. They'll just go ahead and let you try to do something. Uh, both Arkansas and Kentucky are big on, I'm going to let you make the mistake. And I'm going to pressure you. Arkansas in particular does it with linebackers. And that's going to be an interesting thing to see if Kellen Mond can can deal with what Barry Odom has been able to build on the defense there, uh, with players like Bumper Pool, one of the best names in all, <laughs> and Grant Morgan his backup. Remember Grant Morgan against Oldness intercepted a ball with one one hand, hand. <laughs> one hand. He had he had the other arm was in some sort of Terminator armor, <laughs> and he was still playing, and he still had like I think he still had like seventeen or nineteen tackles on the day. Effectively with one arm. If you're playing like that, and then you're going to go up against Texas A&M. A&M should know you're dealing with a bunch of crazy men who are going to be who are going to potentially upset you. So I'll, I'll take Arkansas. Ride the hot ant. They're 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 no longer. They're no longer, you know, something that you can't trifle with.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm leaning towards that one as my upset pick this week. He is Spencer Hall, co-host, Thinking Out Loud. Uh, You guys do an awesome job, man. Great to see you and and Richard Johnson and and Brandon Boykin, uh, Alyssa Lang. You guys are an awesome uh, foursome, if I should say, and uh, really enjoying the show, man. Keep up the great work. And been a fan of yours for a long time, Spencer. It's great to uh, get you on finally. All
0: right. Well, thank you so much.
1: Thanks, man. Spencer Hall there of uh, Every Day. Formerly of Every Day. Should be Saturday. Uh, still, that's his Twitter handle: edsbs on uh, Twitter. But uh, really, uh, really fun talking with him. Love talking uh, all things college football, including the uh, SEC with Spencer Hall. Coming up next, our conversation with Arkansas AD and Vice Chancellor Hunter Yurachek. You do not want to miss it. They are on a roll right now. The two and two Arkansas Razorbacks should be three and one. We'll get his thoughts on the state of Arkansas athletics right after this. We're all along here on the Locked On SEC podcast, and real excited to talk with this guy. There is so much excitement going on right now at the University of Arkansas, uh, particularly with the hiring of their new head coach Sam Pittman and his staff. And real excited to talk with the uh, vice chancellor and uh, director of athletics at the University of Arkansas, Hunter Urechek, joins us now. Hunter, how are you, man?
2: I'm doing great, Chris. Texas area there in Houston.
1: We're doing okay, man. Uh, Thanks so much for for taking some time uh, to talk all things SEC with us. Uh, First off, I got to start with how have these past few weeks and months been like uh, for you as a college administrator, and how surprised are you with where we are right now? Because for a while there, man, the fall school year and the fall football season were looking kind of bleak.
2: They were. I mean, we we brought our student athletes back um, in June Uh, on June the 8th, our football, soccer, volleyball, cross country. Uh, student-athletes are fall sports. And uh, there there were times from June through uh, the early part of August, really until the Big 12 made their decision to continue to press forward, where it looked like the football season and fall sports were in jeopardy. But once the Big 12 kind of came in line with the ACC and the SEC, we made a decision as as an SEC, based on the advice from our medical experts to push our season back three weeks. And, And that was probably, Chris, the best decision we made. I think each of us um, in this uh, league had a a spike on their campuses when students returned to our college towns. And we got through that spike, weathered that storm, and we were ready to play football in September the 26th when we started. And, of course, I'm excited about what's going on here in Fayetteville. Coach Sam Pittman and his staff, um, in spite of not having a spring season, uh, really to install a new offense and a new defense have done an incredible job uh, building a, a level of confidence in our players that we have not seen here on the Hill in, in several years. And to start off at, uh, on 2-2 uh, with an SEC-only schedule, and probably should be 3-1. and
1: one. <laughs> I still don't think a lot of people realize how much the SEC has worked on developing the COVID protocol testing and really the lengths they've gone to with safety measures because, you know, outsiders outside of the South will say, oh, that's just the South. All they care about is playing football. But the SEC really has gone above and beyond to make sure that they're doing this safely with the student-athletes' uh, best interest in mind. A-
2: absolutely. We're spending well north uh, of, t- of seven figures, Uh, to test our fall sports student athletes on a regular basis, three times a week. They're in a protocol every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Thursday. Those are PCR tests. Those are not rapid antigen tests. PCR has been, uh, you know, by most medical experts is the, the the best test on the market. Uh, Each of our schools um, has the same company uh, doing those tests. They're dumped into an SEC database. And so, you know, one school will know, you know, what another school's testing uh, looks like. And, Um, Our student-athletes at all 14 of our institution, I think, have been uh, really, really safe. Uh, Obviously, Florida had a bit of a hiccup after their trip to to Texas A&M that we had to reshuffle our schedule, but you know, we went three weeks without missing a beat, and and I think we'll get back to uh, all 14 teams playing here in the not-too-distant future.
1: You you touched on it already, but let's talk about your uh, off season football hire. I think a lot of people respected the hire of Sam Pittman. Everybody you know you talk to says what a great guy he is. But you know some of these other schools they're making the, the let's call it the headline hire the the Kiffins the the Leeches those kind of guys. What did you guys see in Sam, and, and how did you know he was the right guy for this job at this time?
2: Sure, well, when I evaluated a program, Chris, uh, after we let uh, Coach Morris go. You know, some of the areas that I thought we really needed to improve upon was up front in our offensive and defensive line. So Sam Pittman obviously checks that box as a lifelong uh, offensive line coach. But we needed somebody that was a, just a great recruiter and understood recruiting within the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Sam has spent the better part of it the last decade recruiting um, against his SEC counterparts and has done an incredible job. So you check that box. And the third piece is someone that was a great fit at the University of Arkansas. I think sometimes to win the press conference, you may hire a coach that's not a great fit for your institution. And and there's a certain fit uh, that resonates with Arkansas fans and the student-athletes that we have here at our institution. And Sam Pittman was that perfect fit. And so by checking each of those three boxes, and then he had been here for three years as an offensive line coach uh, under uh, Brett Bielema. And the number of players that he touched that reached out to me, and the number of constituents across their state that reached out on behalf of Sam Pittman was just incredible.
1: Obviously, no doubt, he has quickly gotten the program back on track already. It's clear how competitive this team is, this quick. But I really loved his two big assistant hires, in Barry Odom and Kendall Brouss. I think it's important to not just have a great head coach hire, but you got to give them the salaries and the resources to hire a great support staff. And so far, those two guys look like home run hires as well.
2: Absolutely. That's one of the first things Sam told me. He said, Hunter, you know this, I know this, I've never been a head coach. He said, I need a head coach, a former head coach, um, as a coordinator. And and Barry Odom and him have been great friends and colleagues for a long time. Uh, When Barry was let go uh, by Missouri, that was a a person that Sam had identified as a potential uh, defensive coordinator and that, that former head coach that could really help him navigate. Being a first time head coach. And Barry's helped Sam in that regard. He's also helped build uh, an incredible defense uh, for a Razorback football program. And then, uh, I mean, Kendall Bryles um, is known uh, throughout the, the Southeast and the Southwest um, as just being kind of a, a, an incredible offensive mind. And he, uh, along with uh, you know, being able to secure Felipe Franks, a transfer from Florida has really established an offensive identity that we haven't had for the past couple of years.
1: It's uh, it's a lot of fun to see those guys go to work, and I think people are already pinning Barry Odom as uh, you know best assistant coach in, in the SEC this year. Hunter, when I look at your collection of coaches, and I'll just stick with the big three for now, Sam Pittman, Eric Musselman, Dave Van Horn, I think it's hard to find a big three better around the conference than those three guys, let alone around the country. I mean, you could argue – those are the three best coaches this university has had in a really long time. Yeah, and I know I'm biased, but, you know,
2: obviously what Coach Van Horn has done is well is well documented. I mean, Eric uh, Musselman took a team to 20 wins last year. We we're poised that if I think if we'd won another Southeastern Conference tournament game to go to the NCAA uh, tournament. And, of course, uh, what Sam's doing and, you know, what Eric does on, on social media is just, incredible and they're all great representatives of the state of arkansas this university and the people across our state um love all three of them and you know we don't we don't have any professional sports in the state of arkansas any major professional sports there's not another power five team so it's really important for those big three uh to have an identity and a relationship with the people across the state and and all three of them do in their own uh, unique way
1: Talking with Hunter Yurechek, Vice Chancellor Director of Athletics at the University of Arkansas. Uh, Hunter, what is the next step for you guys this football season? Just in terms of, uh, do you see us maybe opening up to more fans in the stands? Maybe tailgating at some point, or do you think we just kind of slow play this and we go by what the state tells us? And you know, if we do open it up more, that's great. But if not, you know, we'll just get through this season however best possible.
2: Sure, you know, and I can just speak for what the situation here in, in Arkansas because. You know, the SEC has certain protocols, but when it comes to fans in your stands, you really rely on your your state and local health departments to provide uh, most of those guidelines. And the the way this virus is trending across our state, I don't see through uh, the remainder of our football season. We we have a game um, next week versus Tennessee and then have LSU and Alabama to close out the season in early December. I don't see in that next 30 to 45 days that there will be any changes to the capacity in our football stadium, indoor tailgating, guidelines, things of that nature. And in fact, as we look at basketball season, most of the same protocols we have in place uh, for football, uh, we're implementing in in basketball where the the bench chairs are six feet apart in three different rows, similar to what you saw in the NBA bubble. Uh, We have an arena, Bud Walton Arena, that could seat 20,000. We think we'll get 4,000 to 4,500 in Bud Walton Arena, and that's how we're ticketing uh, through a season ticket process right now. So, I don't see many changes in our COVID protocols, especially here in the state of Arkansas, at least as we go through basketball season in in February and March.
1: I know you guys are looking forward to taking on the uh, Texas A&M Aggies this weekend. That has been a long-time rivalry, and I know they've had your number in recent years, but, man, a lot of these games have been really close. Three of the last six have gone to overtime. Also, for the first time in seven years, it'll be played on a campus. You guys go into College Station. Uh, what would a win this week over the a top-ten team in the Aggies mean for your program? I
2: mean, so Just another step in this process. I mean, obviously, A&M. Um, got a big win against Florida the last time they were at home. Had a great crowd there. Um, so, some have disputed what those numbers actually were. I, I anticipate they'll have a great energetic crowd on Halloween night. It'll be a great task for, for Sam Pittman and our student athletes and our coaching staff to go um, into that venue and win, a tough place to play year in and year out. And and Coach Fisher appears to have that team headed in the right direction. So um, I know Coach Pittman and, and – and Barry Odom and Kendall Browse will have a great game plan that will give us an opportunity to have some success. And I think if our kids are able to execute that game plan, and maybe Texas A&M doesn't execute theirs up to par and turns the ball over a few times, we'll have a great chance to win.
1: I'll get your thoughts on this. I mean, the game normally played in Arlington at ATT Stadium. I know Ross Bjork over at A&M said he sees this game going back to neutral field next year. That would seem maybe not very fair to me if the Aggies get a one-off home game here and you guys don't get one in return. Do you have any thoughts on on that overall? I think
2: it's um, you, you know as you look at that series, we've got a contract uh, with AT and T Stadium uh, that runs through 2024. And, and fairness to the contract, uh, uh, Mister Mister Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, I thought were very generous uh, to allow that game to be moved at least for this year. Their venue is open. Uh, this year, but they saw the need with um, Texas AM and only having uh, four home games if we didn't move this game, to, to move that game. Um, and, and then as we talk about potentially there being a second year to kind of make up for that home and home, uh, they wanted to add two years to the back end, which would have been uh, fair. I think Ross and I want to be able to get to the 23-24 season and evaluate if continuing that beyond is the right thing for each of our institutions. I think Ross has been outspoken that he doesn't believe it is for Texas A&M. So uh, one of the things about not getting the return game in Fayetteville next year was to not stretch his contract out to to 26. And so we get an easier chance to evaluate that sooner and is it the right move for each school. So, um, you know, I know our fans – Razorback fans are, are probably not happy with me and, and don't agree with that decision. But I think as you look at the long term, um, th- this was the right decision for, I know, for Arkansas and uh, for Texas A&M. And heck, if we go down to the College Station this weekend um, and get a win, um, it'll be. You know, I think people will, will turn back to liking me again.
1: Yeah, you go get a win this weekend. They'll be saying, "Hey, more games at College Station against those guys. It's a good, yeah. good place to play." He is Hunter Urichek, Vice Chancellor and uh, Director of Athletics at the University of Arkansas. Hunter, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. And man, congrats on all the success with the University of Arkansas right now. They are the, the talk of the town right now. And you're right. You guys should be three and one. I'll say it. You you don't have to say it, but uh, best of luck going the rest of the way. Okay. Bye bye. Hunter check there, uh, vice chancellor and uh, director of athletics at the uh, University of Arkansas, and uh, doing a fantastic job there. Like I said, I mean, you, when you look around the SEC, and, you know, I always call it the big three, obviously, you know, football, basketball, and baseball. But you look at the head coaches that they've assembled Eric Musselman, I mean, arrow pointed upward with him. Dave Van Horn, I a mean, longtime baseball coach, just having tremendous success. It feels like every year Arkansas is in the conversation for, for postseason play. And, potentially getting to Omaha, and now look at the job that Sam Pittman has done in just several weeks into this season, sitting here at 2-2. Two and two, and I think most people were saying, looking at Arkansas going into this year, they'll be lucky to get the two wins after uh, just how poorly they, they um, had played these last couple of seasons. So you put some new leadership in there, they can turn things around certainly very quickly. So thanks so much to Hunter for uh, coming on with us there. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Remember to subscribe. We are here for you five days a week. And look forward to talking all things SEC football as we gear up for another week of games. Week six in the conference coming up on Saturday. You don't want to miss tomorrow's show. Real excited. Bruce Feldman going to join us. He's got the new book out, Flip the Script, uh, that he did in uh, working with Coach Ed Ogeron at LSU, winning the national championship last year or so. A conversation with Bruce Feldman tomorrow on the podcast you do not want to miss. I'm Chris Gordy, Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.